And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, my God, as well as free shipping. Boys, we got NBA playoffs. We got the hockey playoffs. We got off-season workouts for the NFL starting. But most importantly, we have Dan Snyder. Selling the team and Jalen Hurts getting the bag. But before we get into that, boys, how was your weekend? Hope you got to enjoy it. Filled with sports for your boy right here. I'll be first. I have a few things to say. One, I apologize ahead of time because I'm going to sound like shit this episode. I am battling something right now that I've been battling for a week. Last week, my voice was gone. I thought it was because I screamed too much the weekend before. And it turned out I'm just getting sick and... I'm a big baby when I get sick. I have been just moping. I am like down, dude. This is killing me right now. It's one of those weird ones too where it's like struggling to breathe. The heart rate's constantly racing. You're hot. You got the sweats. I, I just battling the elements right now. So this is the podcaster version of Wally's flu game. And unlike Jordan, I won't be able to perform at that level. So I apologize. But... A couple other things. One, big, big, big week for the, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. No one gets weather like us crowd because everybody across the country has gone from like 80 degrees to 40, 45. And everybody thinks that they're unique to them. Weather only happens to them. Steven, you know, especially how much that gets under my skin. I've been seeing it on Twitter and it's been from all over. It pisses me off. It's so stupid. Shut the fuck up. I love how Wally's not sick enough to just take jabs at the one thing that gets under his skin. But to put in perspective how sick Wally is, it's one of those where I texted him a couple days ago. And I was like, hey, man, like, I saw this video, you know, giving a suggestion for the podcast. He's like, cool. I'll I'll look into it in a few days. I'm like, oh, this man's really down. It's one of those you're like, maybe early next week I'll, I'll get back to you on this. Yeah, I feel bad. A lot of my really good friends are good listeners too, and you guys would have both felt the effects too. You, people texting me, I'm usually a pretty good responder. I'm like just looking at it. I'm like, all right, cool. That sounds like I, something I can deal with later. I am struggling. Like I am not – I, I like I'm getting things that like sports related. I'll get people texting. The only thing that's really gotten me going right now is the NHL starting tonight, and I'm all excited. I'm really really fired up. I know that I'm a hockey fan versus you two, so this is a little different. But for me, I love March Madness. March Madness is one of the best spectacles in sports. I would prefer first round NHL personally, just because I think that from a professional level, it's as close as you get to the constant madness there's just non-stop hockey six seven straight hours each night for the next two weeks and I mean this is a league that saw an eight seed win the Stanley Cup less than a decade ago so it's worth getting in and there's always good value for the people out there that like to gamble uh, but again I know I've been rambling here to start but one last thing and I will throw it over to you guys I promise we'll we'll get going is that we have our mock draft special that we will be airing next week in lead up to the NFL draft. It'll be one of our bigger production kind of things we've done so far together. So it'll be a lot of fun. I know a lot of you listeners are going to be participating in that as well. But make sure you give it a look. Make sure you give it a retweet. Make sure you do all that fun stuff to help us out. And again, 
hopefully we'll be able to do more things like this in the future. So, but that kind of engagement is what helps us do that. So please, please, you know what to do, especially if you're a part of it. You want your friends to see that you're doing it too. Make sure you share it out next week. But boys, that's enough for me. How are you guys doing? David, I know you went to the Cavs game one with, I believe, your two favorite teams. You like Carmelo Anthony, so I'm sure you still have a soft spot for the Knicks. But what was that like? It was a hell of a game. And I'm gonna, I'm quietly going to just say I turned the TV on when I was 93-92. Oh, with two minutes and 12 seconds left? Yeah. Well, I was looking at the game cast, and I'm like, wow, that's exact. Because I remember, because they called a timeout after we went up by one. It's, it was like, that's ingrained in my memory. Yeah, well, that was the reason. Because I'd been looking at it on my phone. I hadn't been able to really muster the ability to watch TV at that point. And I'm like, oh, they, they're, they're coming back. It's a six-point game. It's a four-point game. It's a two-point game. All of a sudden, the Cavs were up. I turned the TV on. And I'm going to probably have to just shoulder a little bit of the mush abilities. Because I feel like I just directly did that. So... I'll make sure I be letting them know, as the Cavs fans out there would say, starting game two. I'll be quiet and distant. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, that Cavs game was incredible. Uh, even though we were down a majority of the evening, the the defensive push in the fourth quarter that got us to like 93-92 or 94-93, whatever it was, um, was like that experiencing that, that defensive push was incredible because it felt like we were going to win the game like that. You know, we got like three consecutive steals or stops and, uh, you know, transitioned into points and suddenly we were back to, to being up by a point. But the story of that game, and I mean, like I I wanted to scream at like multiple points in that game and not for the Cavs, but at the Cavs, because I, I think I watched, I think Mobley missed like four extremely easy buckets within two feet of the rim. Ricky Rubio missed a finger roll layup, should have been automatic. Levert missed a layup. Like, I mean, I watched, I think Garland missed a layup at one point. I just, there were so many missed easy opportunity baskets. And then you combine those with giving up a boatload of second chance points to the Knicks. Do the Cavs win this series still? I think they can, but I I thought this was going to be Cavs in five. I'm thinking Cavs in seven. Uh, the Knicks are a scrappy team and I thought we'd deal with them better. Uh, but again, if, if, if we make our layups in, in game one, we probably win the game and I have a different tune. It's just kind of like, you know, I, I think we let the moment get to us, but I do think the Cavs win the series. I just think it goes a little bit further than I thought it would. I don't even think you needed the layups to win the game. You gave up two offensive rebounds in the final, final 30 seconds. That was the bad break. It's so annoying. But we did it all game long. It was all game long. We gave up. And it wasn't like, it's like we didn't box out the perimeter. It was the guy. It wasn't the, it wasn't usually uh, whoever their center is. I'm going to blank out on his name while we're on the podcast. Julius Randle? No. No, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, it was Julius Randle was hanging out on the, on the perimeter and he would just crash the boards. It's like we didn't box him out. And then you had like the other guys that were getting these like tip rebounds and it was because we didn't box him out on the perimeter it's like get in front of a guy box him out get a rebound and then worry about the transition like it just oh it's so frustrating there you go throw throw some cheeks on the hip get in there yeah like it's just so frustrating well steven first of all before we get into because i'm going to ask you guys for your eastern conference final western conference finals and champion 
But first, Stephen, how are you doing? How is your world? Because we haven't really got to hear much from you yet. Yeah, uh, my my world is good. Had a uh, had a very nice weekend. Uh, I believe I got to golf. Got had the day off Friday. Got to golf. I uh, got to celebrate the anniversary with a beautiful girlfriend. Shout out Kylie for give her that. We're on the Brett Favre. We're amazing. on the Brett Favre year, except we're not. You know, no robbery. Of, the Derek Carr year. Low income. Oh, Derek Carr. I like that. I okay, had to switch it up. Or we're talking about the Cavs and my boy Dion Waiters, number four pick. Dion Waiters, the Dion, the Dion year, coming off the bench. No, but all in all, it was good. Had a good gambling day yesterday. I'm on the up and up. So um, Shohei Otani, uh, they really screwed me today with the rain out. But shout out to DraftKings as well as FanDuel refunding those uh, pitcher prop bets as well as if they if Shohei Otani was. The leg that caused you to lose the same game parlay, they're going to refund the money right back to you. Oh, well, yeah, because what? It was the Boston Marathon. They start at like 10 or 11 in the morning. It's a really big deal in Boston. It's I, They have a huge Shout night out, on uh, their Your boy Charles was running it. Did you see the video? Yeah. Can you imagine being 14 miles into a marathon, gasping for air, hating your life, and then you turn behind you, and there's a six foot eight goon trucking up behind you built like oh a semi God. like i'd be running faster i'd probably finish the the damn marathon if i looked behind me and saw Chara coming yeah no he's no he is scary but good for him i mean for as long as that he's been in the game for him to continually just put it out there boston marathon repping up a city this the place he played in so long he got talk about it. uh the ability to read minds here the Chara jersey's out. My dad always is really nice, so I'm surprising him. Wait, is when he Polish? Chara, no, he's Czech. Okay, I was like, I was like, your dad talking about. I didn't know if he was one. I didn't know no. if he was a former Polak. Well, no, but my dad's a diehard Bruins fan, and he's always oh. really great. On like the rare occasion, once every eight years, the Raiders play a game that matters. He'll surprise me, and he'll be wearing a, a Raiders jersey for the game. So I'm gonna go down and surprise him and throw the Chara. It's gonna be about. I don't know, 12 inches too small. So it's going to look like uh, what what fat guy in a little coat, Tommy boy version, but in a, in a damn jersey. See, I wouldn't say that. I would go with uh, I would go with Zeke. You're going to look like Zeke. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, I don't even have the, the belly button showing too. So I hope you guys are ready for the crop top. Oh, God. I don't think anyone's ready for the crop top. We got to get a belly button ring bet going on this year. I'll get it rolled out right now. Get prepared for everybody. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. If you want to see the rest of this, make, yeah, sure, to no go to our, make sure to go to our OnlyFans slash Loss of Down. With that, speaking of the OnlyFans, I feel like that's a great segue. Dan Snyder, the NFL News, he is officially selling the Washington Commanders at a price that's, what, going up to $6 billion. We're hearing about $7 billion, but what, just about an hour ago, the NFL has officially gotten a hold of the contract. They're reviewing everything. Now, there's only two ways this is going to be, if they're going to alter it or if they're going to have the signatures and the sale is going to be legit. But Dan Snyder is finally out of Washington, and we're getting a new owner. How are we feeling, boys? I'll toss it over to you first, David. Look, I find it hilarious that I still don't know who's buying the, the commanders for sure. Like, instability is the core tenet of the Dan Snyder era, and it's only fitting that after agreeing in, in – verbally agreeing to a six billion dollar sale to the josh harris group who for those of you who don't know owns the 76ers and a bunch of other stuff um 
that suddenly it's rumored that he reneged and you know he's gonna sell to Duke teammates Brian Davis and Christian Leitner uh, for seven billion which includes $1 billion on the day he agrees and $6 billion to be financed later or something like that. Um, well, it, it, not to cut you off, and I'm sorry to do so, but we got right before we started recording. Did we get confirmation? Schefter, Schefter made it sound like it, oh, it, they're Schefter. moving forward with it, that it was basically too far in the process. Not to mention there's been players like Sean Merriman on Twitter today who have been bashing the new group, saying that you still owe players money. There's no way you have the money. So it sounds like they're going forward with the Josh Harris group. All it needs now is the other owner's approval, which we all know how badly they want Dan Snyder out. So it sounds like this is as close to done as it can be now. Fair enough, but also the fact, all the things you just said make me think that that's why he's going to sell to Brian Davis and and co. Uh, Anyways, who cares who he sells to, to be honest? It's just time for him to disappear, and you just know that the owners forced him out instead of airing out his dirty laundry after their little investigation. I, you know, their little investigation literally got John Gruden blacklisted and sent the Raiders into another demise. No offense, Wally. I'm used to it. It's fine. I, I got to be honest. Six billion for this team seems pretty steep. Um, I know valuations are just valuations for teams, but like six billion for a team where you're going to go in and you got to spend another two to three billion on stadium renovations or moving it, and I, you know you're not going to get political support for that in Washington D.C. So like that's what you're going to have to spend. I don't know. I, I just like it feels like a stupid buy for anyone that's buying it from Dan Snyder for that price. Now. If I'm not mistaken, and I might be wrong, I don't know the DMV area very well. Steven, you might have a better idea. I feel like, no, not really. Maybe, All right, depending well, on what fine. the question is. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I, I know it's a pretty healthy trek from Washington, D.C. I don't know if that's a land issue or if maybe it's in another county so that they can get taxpayers to pay for it. I'm not sure how that works in the past. But you're right. Well, they I have mean, they can't FedEx they can't play abysmal. in DC like the Wizards and yeah. and um, they're playing the they're playing in Hanover, Maryland. Yeah, like you're you're yeah. yeah you're playing in in a whole other city, and you're not going to find land anywhere. I mean, land in in a, a townhouse in DC goes for like one and a half million dollars. You're not finding land anywhere for you'd have to you'd have to overpay for already overpriced land to to buy out and build a stadium somewhere in or even remotely super close to DC. So it's just not going to happen unless they move to maybe maybe Virginia. But I even then you're still a, a hike away from the stadium for most people that live there. I just I think they're committed to play in that stadium until it burns. Uh, like 2028 or something. Like so, like uh, they're committed for a while. So your best bet is stadium renovations if you're coming in as a new owner. Uh and just slowly updating as you go every single year instead of doing you know one humongous stadium renovation you're probably better off just upgrading you know the the absolute necessities first year and then upgrading your suites the second year and then upgrading your concessions the third year and then go at it slowly but they're not going to get support from from the city for doing that so whoever buys the team 
And it, if it is Josh Harris group, great. But like you're buying for six million and then spending another or six billion and then probably spending another one to three billion on renovations. See, I don't know how I'm not going to pretend like I know how this stuff goes, but Dan Snyder, it's amazing after all the terrible things he's done. The biggest like thing for him for other owners was he hasn't been able to get a new stadium. So I think that it's going to be a priority for this Josh Harris group to get it done. I don't know how that'll work. I don't know if that means like the DC defenders play an Audi field and that has a capacity of 20,000. It's even smaller than SoFi was in LA when they were making a stadium, but we saw how important that was for Stan Kroenke and it boosted team evaluation up so much. So if it means even three, four five years that they're playing at a small location, I think that they'd probably be thrilled to do it. It's just a matter of if it's possible. Maybe, but how much are you going to spend? Like, you're if you're going to spend that money to to play to do all the res- renovations at once, play elsewhere, why not move the team? Like at that point, why not move it somewhere else? Credit for me for not mentioning that reservation would have applied more a few years ago with the old team name. Good for me. Other thing, <laughs> I will say though, this is. This has got to be, if you're a Washington fan, the best day in decades. The only other day I was thinking of last week when I told you guys that is when they did bring Joe Gibbs back for a second tenure, given how important he was the first time. And then that didn't go well. But let me just read you a few things here of the Dan Snyder regime and how it went. 164 and 220. Six seasons above 500 out of 24. They went two and six in the playoffs. No win since 2006, a Joe Gibbs-led team, ironically enough. Disrespectful to Sean Taylor on multiple fronts since his death. Having that stupid sideline painted thing, acting like that was a big deal. And then having a mannequin be his statue that you promised. Oh man, I totally forgot about that. It just was so perfect because how dysfunctional they are dragging his feet on changing the name of the Redskins. Worst football field in the NFL now, and I don't think it's close. Soldier Field, maybe. And before Oakland moved, you could make a case. MetLife? Uh, maybe. Uh, toxic culture for women, we found out in the lawsuit. Targeting other owners, to your point, David, including the John Gruden scandal. That was because of him. And stealing last year money from other owners. This has all happened in the last 25 years with this guy. It's the worst owner I can remember in professional North American sports. And a stain on the NFL is at least going to go away. There's a lot of problems with owners across the NFL. But this is a minor step. It's a minor victory. And I couldn't be more fired up for Washington fans. It's a new day, finally. What sticks out to me during this is the 164 and 220. There was talent on the roster, on the coaching staff during Dan Snyder's tenure. If you go back and remember what, was it last year, year before everyone in the playoffs, that there was four or five head coaches in the playoffs last year that were at one point on the same staff in Washington under Jay Gruden. If that was going to be, we got Matt LaFleur, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniels, Sean McVay, 
and there's one Mike Mike Lafleur. He's not he's not a head coach, but he is a um, offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. And I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Maybe Sala was floating around in there, or maybe one guy was really low on the totem pole. That was there. I mean, you already named five quality head coaches, so that should give yeah. you an idea how bad um, it is. That's the characteristic of dysfunction, though, because the Browns have a season where Kyle Shanahan was OC, Mike McDaniels was quarterback coach. Like The the play with Johnny Manziel, yeah. Yeah, Manziel. Right? Uh, I remember that There picture. was a period where if you take the offensive coaching staff and you just insert them into head coach, offensive coordinator, and whatever else, you'd, you'd have won a million games, according to the world. But... You know, it's the characteristic of dysfunction to have an amazing coaching staff and it's right in front of you and you can't see it. And remember the whole RG3, and then they also drafted Kirk Cousins. They ran two quarterbacks that could potentially have been franchise cornerstone for your pieces. That's an all-time first round. You get RG3 and then you run him into literally a career-ending injury and then you go get Kirk Cousins in the third round or fourth round or whatever. and Yeah, I think it was the fourth. But So, yeah. are they two? In, I thought Kirk had a playoff win with Washington. Was that just like a, a – I think it was just an appearance. A, the comeback. I know for sure an appearance. Was it just a comeback win to get in the playoffs when he was getting quoted? You like that? Probably. Yeah, that was definitely regular season. Okay. That was a December win. I can remember that vividly. Okay, so playoff um, implications, that's probably why I got it confused. But, I mean, they haven't been back to the playoffs since Kirk Cousins. Or maybe one year. Oh, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I want to say the last time they were past the divisional round, it was 1993. And even then, it might have just been to the divisional round. It's been... Put that in perspective. We were still shitting in our hands and rubbing it in our face, people. Yeah, Maybe. I was going to say, some of us, I don't know, David, I can't remember. You were, are you a 94 baby or are you 93 as well? 94. Yeah, so this kid wasn't even around. He's just punching himself in the face. In, yeah, in he the was belly. punching uh, Mama Clavin in the belly. Yeah, exactly. Buddy, I, you can't see it on screen, but I got a scar right here from scratching myself in the face while I was in the incubator. Oh, wow, see? We need to get that Eric Andre meme in there. Get me out! <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on. Uh, there's been a lot of smoke around the Houston Texans' number two overall pick. It sounds like it's turning into a, sh- a source-off between Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, where Schefter's saying that there's a real belief around the league that the Texans are not going to take a quarterback number two. Rappaport believes that they will. What do you guys think? Do you think that this is something that we're going to look back on where it wasn't quarterback, quarterback at the top of the draft? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I Until this news, I thought everyone was comfortable with the Texans selecting Will Anderson with the second overall pick. And I... Look, I think drafting a franchise quarterback is a priority, but I think there's a blueprint that's been clearly handed out over the last decade that's you know don't draft your quarterback before you have any kind of talent on the roster because you know as the texans learned go canes you could turn him into sorry goal you could turn him into david carr and my boy and, sebastian ajo literally the only cane i know sorry, um david. yeah sorry david it's nhl hockey time sorry I, my brain's broke uh your brain's been broken anyways agreed uh <laughs> But in in all fairness, the worst thing you do is draft one of these guys who's not who's not like Andrew Luck, who's not like some of these guys who you knew 
day one they were going to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I, I'm, I'm not there with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I, I'm not saying they're not going to be good. I, I think they'll be good, but I'm not like it's not a for sure. You're getting the guy like it has been for some of the guys in the past. So if I'm the Texans, I think it's smarter to draft the guy on a defensive line and spend the rest of your draft building out pieces that make your team better without affecting the win column because you want to lose more again next year so that you can come back around and draft your quarterback, draft a receiver, draft a running back, and build out your offense, and suddenly you've got a really good young team on rookie contracts, and you can go out in free agency and fill the holes with guys that are good enough and now you've got a, a winning team, right? The blueprint's been there. The Raiders did it. The Browns did it. Uh, I'm not saying they did it successfully long-term, but the blueprints, it's there. And if you build your team appropriately, you can hold on long-term. Now, my only, I guess, not not necessarily even pushback, but Will Anderson is also a little different too because he's kind of perceived as a sure thing, but not necessarily at that star level that we're used to seeing guys like this at the top of the draft. Uh, Lance Zerline, he compared him to DeMarcus Ware, which would be an amazing, uh, you would be thrilled to take that. But I, it almost reminds me more of another Texan back in the day, Mario Edwards, where he was just a solid pro. He wasn't necessarily great, but when you're trying to rebuild, is that, I guess, would you be okay with that saying, hey, we get a, a, a very solid piece here at the top instead of taking a gamble that can even further push us back so the way that i'm looking at it and and i took it from david right i think there's two things that go into it um D'Amico ryan's has ptsd from the whole trey trey lance saga here a couple years ago right but the dude also knows how to win at, with a non-top 15 quarterback right but are you willing to take the chance that you're going to get a quarterback that could end up being the you know the next best thing since sliced bread or patrick mahomes or they could just be slightly better than davis mills and yeah, Davis Mills isn't going to be the guy you're going to ride with, but then you're going to have two. You're going to have two rookie court or two quarterbacks on the rookie deal, one significantly cheaper than the other. But Davis Mills, yeah, the whole point. If you're putting Davis in to lose, cool, you'll get another top three pick. And guess what? Caleb Williams is sitting up there. Maybe if you end up getting number one, because that's apparently the guy everyone wants to go for. Well, don't forget Drake May either. He's enough. This is going to be like next year. We're talking about twenty twenty four. Was that a piece of paper? It's going to be on. Paper towel. Okay. I, I, I my allergies I just fired. The cat jumped up on the desk and my allergies just fired up. And now I'm sneezing and my eyes itching and I look like a fucking crackhead over here, but it's fine. Tyrone Bingham's over there. But yeah, like to to the point of all the pieces that they have, they've got Michi that's going to hopefully come back. I've you know We haven't really gotten too many updates about what his cancer treatment's looking like and how he is. But I like what they did with Damian Pierce. They just signed the best left tackle in football. Maybe go bolster another another side. Or to your point, let's go build the line on on the uh, defensive side of the front, right? I can't. I honestly couldn't name you anyone on the front seven. The only person I can name you is Stingley Jr. And I can barely name that dude right, right? So they have some young stars. Just build around. Give pieces that D'Amico can turn into stars. AKA, it's gonna be. You know, it's gonna be an edge rusher. Look what he's done. That whole D-line, let alone edge rushers. And yes, Robert Sala and other people have to do with it. But he didn't skip a beat those last two years. Now, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think you just unlocked it. I think Derek Stingley was the third pick. 
and Amon uh, Gardner or Sauce Gardner was the fourth. And that just kind of really like kind of sums up what the Texans are and what they've been. It's just like right idea, not the right execution. And like I, I know that they'd be they would trade Stingley Jr. in a in a split second if you knew that you were going to get God, Sauce I Gardner. So they skipped on him. That was wild. I, I might have to double check. No, they did. You're there's right. a chance You're that right. I Okay, I wasn't sure if I flip flopped the two. They had Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Javon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Stingley, Sauce. Five was. Okay. Oh gosh, now you're putting me on the spot. I won't remember. Again, it is wild that we do this, and the second football season's done. Out. It's just it's hard to remember the actual number for me, uh, unless there's like an ingrained number or thought. It, obviously, if you know the team, it would be different, but. Before we move on, because I have a, I I kind of have a, a thought on this one here, and I've waffled on it a lot. To me, it feels a lot like a smokescreen, because you know that teams like the Titans, the Raiders, the Colts, and many others have been talking with teams like the Cardinals to move up. And if you truly want Will Anderson Jr., to me, it's very simple. You do everything you can to call Indianapolis and work a trade out at four because number three is going, Arizona is not picking three. They're going to move out, whether that's on draft day, whether that's before draft day, it's going to go to a quarterback hungry team. And if you trade with Indianapolis, then Colts are going to be able to go up and get their quarterback at two. Whoever moves into three is going to go up and get their quarterback. And you still get Will Anderson at four except now it's a cheaper uh, compensation for your draft pick. And I, I just, like, I, I think that they really want Bryce Young and that they're almost willing Carolina not to take Bryce Young and go with C.J. Stroud instead. But it's kind of just like a game of chicken right now in the league. Well, that's a whole different story because apparently the story is Bryce Young has canceled all the rest of his meetings with every other team that isn't the number one pick. So there's a lot of speculation that he's actually going to end up in Carolina. CJ is going to drop to number two, whoever the team that's picking next um, in that position if they trade for it, if it ends up being Houston that pulls the trigger on it. Yeah, and that is a report out there right now. Uh, Mortensen for ESPN has been on Bryce Young to – Carolina well before it was cool here in the last week or so before that it would been kind of penciled in that CJ Stroud was the one number one pick and this is what happens every year with the NFL draft and I implore the people at home take everything you're seeing right now with a grain of salt because this is the time of year where teams are trying to move up they're trying to maximize value I mean Carolina it really doesn't make much sense to like, I guess, announce your pick right now, but you know they know who they're doing. And I'm, I, you'd imagine there's a pretty good indication if you're in C.J. Stroud's camp, if you're in Bryce Young's camp, you know where it's going to be right now. And again, it, the draft to me is going to start it too because Carolina knows what they're doing. And then after that, it's how's everything going to play out? Is Are people moving up? Are we actually going to see... The Cardinals in Texans draft 2-3, I would very much doubt the Cardinals, but it's that time of year. This is awesome. Well, let's go talk about a quarterback we have no questions on. That man, Jalen Hurts, gets the bag 
today, signing a five-year, $255 million extension. That's 51 mil per year, becoming the highest NFL player, highest paid NFL player, my God, it's Monday, in history. Now, this is also going to include 179, just a hair under 180 mil in incentives guarantees, but this is also including the first no-trade clause given to a Philadelphia Eagles player in their history. Just wild. Let me get my two cents in here, boys. Let me get you guys, let me guys, uh, not can let you guys take it away. Great job, five Philadelphia. You income, you're seeing what teams are doing, like Lamar, really just the Ravens are doing kind of spinning their wheels on here. This guy just took you to the NFC Championship game, just took you to the Super Bowl, and you got ahead of this. This, not only does this deal look good now, it's going to look beautiful next year, the year after, and each year after that. You still have one year on this rookie deal. Now you got five more. That's going to bring him to the end of the, what, 2028 season? A couple fun stats for Jalen Hurts. Shout out to him getting the bag. One of nine quarterbacks since 80 to win 17-plus games in an 18, 18 start span. Montana, Marino, McNabb, Brady, Peyton, Big Ben, Mahomes, and Cam Newton. But he's also the first quarterback in NFL history to have 10-plus rushing touchdowns while also posting a a better, 100% or better, 100 or better passer rating. My God. Sorry, I had to stumble through that, boys. But good for Jalen. Oh, it's awesome for Jalen. And I think that it's very easy to say that he's one of the more likable NFL superstars we've seen in a long time, going all the way back to 2017. To see him get benched in the national championship game and not pout a lot. I mean, it, that is, first of all, that's incredible in its own right because you know how athletes today are where it's very difficult to imagine getting pulled on the biggest stage at that point in your career, something you've always dreamed of doing, and then having to transfer out, reestablish yourself in Oklahoma, become a Heisman winner there, go to the playoff, then get drafted in a second round, have everybody laugh at that pick. Say, Dave Carson Wentz, what are we doing here? And now five years later, or not even, what, three years later, he looks like a top five-ish quarterback in the NFL. It, it What was tricky on this, and it sucks if you're Philadelphia, is that you didn't take him at the end of the first round. You don't have that fifth-year option. I told you guys earlier that I had to take the spout out, but it was because I screwed up and didn't realize that he was actually in his – or finished his third year of his four-year rookie deal. So if you're High Roseman, you had to make this deal. I, obviously, you'd like to have one more year, an evaluation period, to see if this is sustainable. But did you want to, and didn't mean to cut you off, did you want to take that risk? And I know David. No, but that's what I'm saying. David's if if you had the fifth year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you had well, the fifth year, you would have wanted well, that. I, I know. You're absolutely right. Know, if you had that's the not what year, I'm the asking. fourth year would have been great. But, you know, yeah. You got to rely on the fact that he's he's gotten tremendously better every year he's been in the NFL. Like I was a Jalen Hurts doubter at the beginning of the season, and you know he stepped up to the plate big time. But you just got to hope that he continues to play as he played last year. Because to your point, while he is a fringe top five quarterback, if not a top five quarterback, if he's going to play as well on the ground and through the air uh, going forward. But you don't. The worst thing that could happen to the Eagles was. He played as good as he did last year, this year, and suddenly you're going to owe this guy $60 million per season fully guaranteed. 
because he's proven he's that guy. Now, that might have been a little exaggeration, but also shout out to Howie Roseman for giving the absolute fist to Lamar Jackson, who turned down $175 <laughs> million guaranteed earlier this season. And now what you've told me is, well, I gotta be honest, Lamar, I, you know, you're not Jalen Hurts. You can't throw the football nearly as well. So here's... Or winning the let's, postseason. Let's give you 150 million guaranteed, and I'll give you 250 if you can pass for a hundred a hundred passer rating like Jalen Hurts. I'll give you your your money if you can actually perform in the pass. But I you know I think Lamar Jackson actually lost money because of this contract. And it's like what the Ravens get to all those you don't know what the Ravens offered him that he denied earlier this season was at face value like 140 million guaranteed. Then if he got hurt, it increased to 175 million guaranteed. And then if he was on the roster three years from now, it was uh, 200 million guaranteed, right? So you know there were there were some some guaranteed kickers in there, but at the end of the day, you turned down a contract that was arguably as good as this one, and if not even better because you're you know if you get hurt, you actually get paid more. I just like I think he actually lost money from this. Well, how how is he going to make the argument that he can get money that is similar or more than Jalen Hurts? This is a dude fresh off. Yeah, he never won. Well, I won MVP. Cool. What have you done since then? Because this dude has won a playoff game and taken this team into the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game, and the Super Bowl. You have you have you even sniffed the divisional round, or that's when you lost because you had the bye. Good job, you had the bye. The big thing about the bye is you get one week off to make the run that you haven't been able to do. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Because you haven't been on the field the last six games back-to-back years. He's, he is Lamar's screwed. down him and, him and Odell, man. And he needs to get an agent See, now. It is You are no longer negotiating nah, it, like for yourself anymore. Get an agent, pay the agent, and get a better contract and put this all, all this shit behind you. Time to hit up Drew Rosenhaus, bud. I hope you guys are ready for this. I'm putting on my Lamar Jackson cape here for a second. Oh, my God. And I'm going to tell you. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's not even. I put it on. I tied it, too. It's tied on. It's not even the correct knot. (laughs) You don't know that. I I don't know. It's a double around the loop, whatever. But Lamar Jackson, whatever we think about him, uh, as a quarterback, what you cannot argue is that Jalen Hurts is on an offense that Lamar Jackson has never even come close to being on. They have two very good wide receivers. One's elite. I think Devonta or Devontae's a little lower than that. He's more of just a very good two. But they have the best offensive line in the league. They have a very good running game. Lamar Jackson in Philadelphia, if you flip-flop the two, I'm not so sure it's very different. And I think that's where Lamar Jackson's argument is, is that if I was put in a situation like the Philadelphia Eagles, I could do that too. You haven't put the talent around me. I'm not necessarily saying that's true, but I understand where Lamar Jackson's coming from. The offense is nothing. It's never Look, been anything 
nearly as powerful Dude, give him Jerry Rice. Give him Tony Gonzalez. Give him the Bears 85 defense. I don't care. The dude can't throw. He's not. Well, you know, I I saw a stat this last week, and I wish I had it in front of me right now, but maybe you guys would have seen it too because Big Ben was going viral on Twitter. I don't don't know the stat, but I know what you're talking about. Well, Big Ben was saying the same thing that we always do, and I'm I'm hand up. I'm the same as you guys, talking about how he's not the passer, and I'm not saying he is, but statistically, from the pocket, he had a, a or he has better QBR, and he has a better accuracy and completion percentage than Big Ben did in the same situations. So, how many more times has Big Ben thrown the ball from the pocket? I feel like that's a larger sample size. Not no, Lamar Jackson last year, people were getting frustrated because it felt like he was trying to prove he can be a pocket passer and wasn't going out of the pocket and being as the the playmaker creativity, I guess, that you had seen from him in the past. Again, I'm not arguing that Lamar Jackson is an elite passer, but if he can get wide receivers around him, maybe we'll be able to put it to bed one way or another. Because, again, he's been throwing to Devin Duvernay to washed Michael Crabtree. Mark Andrews. To, I can't even tell this you is, who else This is going to be great for me because either we're going to get the <laughs> o- OBJ is actually dog shit, we were wrong people at the end of the season, or we're going to get the Lamar Jackson sucks ass. We finally recognize it, people, at the end of the season. It's going to be a battle of who has the bigger fan base, and that's going to be the narrative at the end of the season because they both suck, and we're both going to be talking about it eight months from now if he even plays. But I just – I'm out on Lamar Jackson. I it, Jalen Hurts was more comparable to Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson is to Jalen Hurts. It's just – the, the trajectory between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, the trajectories are almost exactly the same. Jalen Hurts is just a much more prolific runner or outside-the-pocket mover uh, than Josh Allen is. Even though Josh Allen's phenomenal running the football as a quarterback, it, it, Jalen Hurts is just better at it. I, they're more comparable between those two than Lamar Jackson is entering that conversation. But I like the argument you're making, Wally. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can agree. The Eagles have way more around Jalen uh, than than Lamar does. But Lamar's not necessarily sitting out there by himself. But at the same time, I don't think – I think Lamar's running would be fine in that offense. I don't think his passing would sniff Jalen's in that offense. I also – and, Wally, I know what you're going to say is after I mentioned Josh Allen that both of them got significantly better after getting a number one wide receiver. But also – Mark Andrews is a number one wide receiver in a passing offense. Like, if you put Mark Andrews, swap him and Travis Kelsey, and I'll bet you that Mark Andrews Andrews puts up very, very similar numbers to Travis Kelsey in a passing prolific offense. And we can argue about that all day long. But let's, let's not forget that he's got a wide receiver playing tight end. And just because he doesn't have A.J. Brown or... I don't even know, DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs outside doesn't mean that he doesn't have a phenomenal target across the middle. And I agree, he's phenomenal. And he eats a ton of those, I guess, the yard share for the Ravens every year. But what I would argue against that is that tight ends without a number one wide receiver around him too, you don't get the full effect of them either. Where when you have a number one wide receiver, you're able to take 
to top off a defense. You're able to put pressure on them outside. Where Mark Andrews, he's a security blanket, sure. But what I was going into this saying is the Ravens are going to take a wide receiver at number 22. And if you even get average number two out of OBJ, and you add a Zay Flowers, you add a Jackson Smith and Jigba, a Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson, go on and on and on. This With this offensive line and with that backfield, this is as close as we're going to get to figuring it out. And if they, and that's why I think it'd be great if you're the Ravens, you want him to play on the franchise tag because I feel like you'd get a very good idea if it's worth the contract that he wants because I think this would be the year he has a chance to prove it one way or another. And apparently he told Ravens front office that give me Odell and get me DeAndre, then we'll talk. And they're like, we financially can get you one, and it's Odell. That was they should have just went after Hopkins instead. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, could not could not agree anymore. But I think it's I the way that they signed this Odell Beckham, and the, their lack of urgency for the Lamar Jackson. It just seems like to Wally's point, if it doesn't work out, we're cleaning house, or at least we need a new face of the franchise. With that, let's get down to our rapid fire before we kick you guys out of here for the night. But we do want you to know. Wait. Okay, now I can hear him. We do want you to know this rapid fire segment is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially for our, if you're our age, where it feels like there's college graduations, baby pictures, some other stuff going on. You name it, it's happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby A B B E Y. We're on an Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, that's abbyturnerphoto.com. Jeff Okuda traded from the Detroit Lions to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth-round pick, as well as signing Bud Dupree to a one-year deal. That is Atlanta I'm speaking about. Falcons are sneakily building a very veteran team on the defensive side of the ball and all around. Wally, what do you think about the Jeff Okuda acquisition? It makes a ton of sense for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. I mean, they've had a really solid offseason, to your point, and I think they can hang around in the division, but we have to get something straight. If they don't get better quarterback play from Desmond Ritter, this is a pretender that is ready to go seven and 10 or eight, nine again. And by the time these veterans are, are going to be expiring on the deal, you're going to have to be looking at a new quarterback. So this is a big year for the Falcons. You need Ritter to do well. And I just don't know if he has an in him. Uh, why aren't they trading up for a quarterback in the draft? They there's rumors that they are well, in that here you are you have that you are you have been sneaky team building you've signed Jesse Bates Calais Campbell who can still play despite being old and a massive human being Giant. Uh, re-signed McGarry not to mention massive human being massive heart too uh, like I don't know guy. about that you do, let's go ahead and get okay, that checked out anyways uh, Jeff Akuda Johnny Smith Eddie Goldman. Taylor Heineke, Scotty Miller, who was a Tom Brady slot target, like favorite slot target for a while. I, you know, you're, you're going and getting really nice piece, like role player pieces that are going to make an impact at each of those positions. Their secondary went from eh to wow. Their, you know, the defensive line went from eh to wow. Like, uh, you can, 
these guys are old veterans, but they're going to make an impact. The team got significantly better defensively. I to, to your point, though, they have to get stability under center because if they don't, again, to your point, Wally, it's going to be a seven-win team that we're talking about. But if they get stability under center, whether it be Ritter or whether they go, you know, trade the house for a top three pick where they can go get a guy, I... I mean, that team's, uh, uh, they're competing for the division. Now, it's a terrible division at that. But you're competing for the division. You're competing for a playoff spot. It's it's something to be excited about as a Falcons fan. One thing I wanted to just add on here, I think Jeff Okuda is the guy who needed the scenery change the most. He's going go to he's gonna go to a defense. To David's point, um, not only do, are they, they have a star, not a star, I want, I want to go that far. They have a stud in A.J. Terrell. He's a good cornerback one there on the opposite side. I know he battled a couple injuries here last year, but he's the number one. You're going to have Jeff Okuda as your number two, but you're going to have the security blanket of Jesse Bates over top. I think Jeff is slated as long as he's healthy. He only did play two, uh, 10 games his first two seasons, ended up being out there for 15 last year. That kid can stay healthy. He, is, he should be slated to have the best year of his career. Okay, real quick, uh, I know that this is supposed to be fast, but I just want your guys' thoughts because their linebacker crew leaves a lot to be desired. And you don't that's need linebackers not a to win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs uh, I don't that. know. You need, I, dude, we... You need like, average play. No, you linebacker. don't. You need, you need one guy who can cover a tight end. That's it. And you don't Wait, even need him cares? to be great. You don't even need him to be great. You just need one guy who can cover a tight end enough. That was a That's black it. hole for them last year. It was a black hole for a lot of teams last year. They still made it. You don't need linebackers. We've proven that. You don't. Linebackers are the second least valuable position on the field behind running back. We, we've seen that the last couple of years. I mean, the last incredible linebacker to be on a Super Bowl team was that whole uh, David, uh, whatever his name is, um, on the, the Bucks who shut Levante down Travis Kelsey. David Kelsey. and Levante Devin White. David. Yeah, I mean, outside of him, I can't remember a great linebacker in the Super Bowl the last seven, eight years. You said great though. That's the key word. Is we're, I mean, Atlanta's is. I don't abysmal. even name an average line. Name name today's average linebacker. What does that honestly? Look like? This yeah, Kansas City. Nick Bolton would probably be about it. But they just like I mean, that's new for them. They they won a Super Bowl with the worst linebackers in the NFL. You don't need. But you those don't need were rookie linebackers. linebackers too that they didn't have. And last Great. year Go they out brought and draft in them in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. Jalen Watson I don't, I don't and Nick linebackers to me are just running backs on the other side of the field. You don't. You do not need high value players at linebacker. You need well, I shouldn't say high value. You don't need big names you don't need incredible talent at linebacker you need players you can draft who are going to play hard and maybe one guy who can cover a tight end enough all right just, or you can play nickel thoughts. or if you're going to throw out a secondary you can do what the browns do and you can play a shitload of nickel and you can actually win oh, yeah, playing because we know the defense. browns defense yeah was so good we saw year. how that worked out but gerald mccoy officially retiring from the nfl raider great really a buccaneer uh Fan favorite here. Damn it! I I you beat me to Raiders. Yeah, I legend. have to. Go, I have to beat you. you. But stud on the on the Bucks defensively, like before the whole Aaron Donald, and kind of like when the tail end of when JJ was getting hurt. There was a couple years of just Gerald McCoy. I don't know if it was just me because I was still living. I was tail end of living in Carolina, so that was the division I got to see the most. Gerald McCoy being on the Bucks, but I mean from from 2012 to 17. 
six Pro Bowls. I mean, he had one All Team, two second or two second teams for one first team. He was he was awesome. The stats really aren't that crazy. Um, I know we talk about it a lot when like a hundred is that sack number. Even as a defensive tackle, there's still some numbers that are, are a little bit higher than what you're seeing. Like an Adamican Sue has like twelve to thirteen more sacks than he does. Aaron Donald's already at a hundred. I think Gerald ends with just slightly under sixty, I wanna say. Great guy. What was your thoughts on the short time that you had with him, Wally? Well, he played one game and he didn't record a tackle, so he was a Raider legend, all right. Fits right in with the regular part of the defense. I couldn't believe, though, that he never played in the postseason and he'd been in the league that long. It was in, like, it stunned me. He left right before the Bucks and Tom Brady, which is a damn shame for him. There you go. You but, stole that from me. I forgot to add that. Yeah, right? Yeah, well, one more year. You couldn't give him one more year. I wish. I wish. He was a third overall pick, and this is my favorite Gerald McCoy stat because he's a very good defensive tackle. Nothing probably beyond that, but he was, he made north of $122 million. And that is, uh, this is one of my favorite things. Cause this was before there were rookie deals that were structured in the CBA. So his opening rookie deal was five years, $63 million in 2010. Love that for Jared, Gerald McCoy. Yeah. So um moving on. Uh, <laughs> Safety, Buda Baker requested a trade from the Cardinals. I, franchise is just going through it. Total collapse, dumpster fire organization right now. That's about all I got. Please put in the few, few, few shots on that one after David says the dumpster fire. The video of the head coach talking to Randall What's Moore. What's the few, few, few Hold shots? On. You've not seen the... Please put this conversation at the end of the podcast as we roll out into the fan. Well, no, no, no. They're getting all no, this you know, live. You know, They're going to get their own at what, the end. Whoever the Eagles coordinator is as the head coach for the Cardinals when he was like Jonathan meeting Gannon. the players. Yeah, and he was just being a fucking cheese ball the entire time. I only saw he him meet Rondale, Rondale Moore. Moore. Yeah. And he goes, shots. You're fast. You run. And then it's like goes on to the next guy. Yeah. So who the hell doesn't want out of that I blacked that out of my memory. Yeah, I uh, it came across and... Uh, all I saw was right when uh, Buda Baker saw this dude, he had to get the hell out. But I love Buda. Top five safety, I would argue, I'd really have to look at it because I'm not that well-versed in safety stats. You can make an argue top three, if not the best safety in the league. But when he, the dude puts up strong numbers, we all know the DK chase down that he had last year. We all know the injuries that he played through. But you'd be surprised that he actually graded pretty well against the run here last year. And he had a top five grade towards the end of the season here before he did get fully injured, battling the injuries this past season. But top five with the 80-plus uh, coverage grade um, as well. So whoever's going to pick this dude up, it's going to be an automatic boost. Some of the teams that are interested, uh, we have the Packers, Bengals, Jags, and I even saw a little bit earlier today the Eagles could be in on the sweepstakes. Uh, sweepstakes. Packers, Bengals, Eagles, they all make sense. All all teams that need safeties, all that have pretty solid, except for the Bengals, uh, secondary, just a safety to really push them over the top, I think would help them on that side of the ball for the Bengals. And, the, well, the Eagles mostly. I don't really think that Buda Baker is the same player anymore. I know that you're really high on him. I'm not as qu- not quite as high, but maybe in the right environment, you're able to unlock a little bit of what you saw from Buda Baker in the past. But the real story here is welcome to Tankville Glenville.
because the Cardinals are going to be so bad the next few years. The way I talked about the Atlanta Falcons two years ago, and we're talking about them possibly being 7-10 and 8-9, and nine, that get ready. Because that's Arizona the next three years. You are going to suck, and they're going to— I told you guys off air, I don't think Kyler Murray ever plays another down for the Arizona Cardinals, and I think that we are really getting ready to open up this new world where the Cardinals just embrace winning eight total games in the next three years. Goodbye, First Energy Stadium, David. Welcome back, Cleveland's Brown Stadium, at least for the time being. I want to know, first of all, from you, if they do end up doing these renovations and have to go elsewhere, where would you imagine the team would play in an interim period of time? I have no idea. I don't. There's not. There's nowhere functionally close that makes sense. It's not going to be John Carroll. It's not going to be uh, Baldwin Wallace. It's not going to be the Berea facility. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be the Berea facility if they were to put up a boatload of stands. Like, but there's there's no functional stadium close by. I don't know what Mount Union looks like. Just play in the Muni lot. Just line up, play there. Well, oh, hell yeah, NFL Street. The Hall of Fame Stadium is is useful, but are, is the kitchen only fit like twenty thousand there, or Maybe something? Maybe a little bit more. Like it's effectively a high school stadium. Right. It's it. You know, probably there. If we're being honest, it's probably there. It is pr- like that would probably be where they played. Uh, Ohio State's the only like top tier option for them that's close by but what about akron it just hit me would akron be a possible oh infocision that's actually an interesting i didn't even think about that ipad it just hit me infocision is actually a large stadium that's actually that's like a forty thousand person stadium i think that's actually what is it called that's interesting that infocision uh i rubber bowl yeah no actually the akron football stadium is i thomas height and i make fun of it for being the most unused piece of land in because they, they made it the massive city. after Charlie Fry came. Yeah, it was huge. It was it is massive. That's a really interesting. That's a good point. Way to bring that up, Wally. I forgot it. So existed. capacity there is thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Thirty thousand is what it has here. Okay, still. I honestly. What about is that's, Detroit? That's more than the you're question? getting anywhere close by. I mean, look at what happened out in L.A. a few years ago at that soccer stadium. They had twenty five or 26,000, I want to say. Well, why not Detroit? And honestly, if you're – you're not playing at Ford Field with Detroit. You're just not – they're not going to do a duel. Why, why if I'm the Ford? Toledo. Why would I Toledo agree to that? Is, how big is Toledo Stadium? I mean, again, you're playing in Northwest Ohio. Why would you do that? Play you're, you're, in, not, you're just not. It'd be Canton or Akron, Akron. Akron actually makes a lot of sense. That Akron Stadium makes a boatload of sense in InfoCision. Even though they're not getting their max capacity, you're never not going to sell out a game there. So it, it plays a little bit if you're going to spend the money renovating. I just, I, ooh, that does make a lot of sense. I Toledo's At the end 000. of the day, they probably work out a deal with Ohio State. Well, Steven, I know that you had some name ideas that you wanted to throw out here for a fake new name. I say fake. That's not even fair. You say it well enough. You get it uh, a good enough name here. Maybe we can get some traction. So what were your ideas for the new stadium name? So we have, so we have new stadiums. Apparently, they're coming out with the new dog logo, too. I don't know if it's just... The Browns uh, Twitter was Don't just Don't they do that every three funny. years? They're going to release a new fucking shade of orange for that logo like they did 
five David, years ago. David, shut up. You love that. orange. You love it. Change. No. That's, that's well, it. It was I knew It was so. That was the most hyped up. We're gonna change the logo. We're gonna do this. Blah blah blah. They fucking release it. I thought it was a joke. I thought it, it's a. It was like a lighter. They added shade just of, a little bit of red. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was, it was so burgundy. Bad. Anyways, continue. All right. Give me, give me your so names, knew- and I'm gonna tell you why it's not gonna be those. God, thank you for being <laughs> extremely open minded right off the rip, David. But why is there not a dog pun for this stadium? The dog house? Okay, that one's a little bit easy. What about Cujo? Well, I mean, you have the dog pound, I guess. But yeah, see, that's a subsidiary of the stadium, right? You keep the dog pound, fair, right? Fair. Maybe you should get a section where, um, I don't know. There's definitely be a section next to the dog pound where like they euthanize all the really bad fans. Um, Cujo's playpen. That one's just a little bit aggressive. The hydrant. I'm actually, I kind of like that one. Ooh, the hydrant's kind of fun. The high, a Browns Park, almost like a dog park. It's like, hey, we're just going to go up to Browns Park. All right, this one has to be it. The Boneyard. Oh, that's good. I kind of like the Boneyard. The Boneyard. David, you, I know you can't have any ones about the Boneyard. Here's why none of those are, oh, are going to happen. Because they don't generate revenue. It's going to just be like the, the fucking Browns. Arena or, just like the Browns. It's, it's going to be the Bally Sports Stadium. The Boneyard Bally Sports. Fucking bullshit is that? No. The Bally Sports Boneyard on well, like, it could be Bally, a nickname. Uh, Boulevard. Well, well, like, you know how I know it was more like the dog pound, like the black hole was a section of the Raiders, but like it was kind of like known as the black hole. It can be Bally Sports Arena, the Boneyard. When you call it like Bally's a Boneyard. Oh, the North Pole. And you keep Brownie the Elf on there the whole time. Look, love your creativity. Godspeed. <laughs> I do, I really thought I hit it with the Boneyard. I, really, I, 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 you got, I think the Hydrant's my favorite. Yeah, look, look, they're not bad. I'm just telling you. It's never gonna I'm a happen. big Hydrant well, fan. You know, to be honest with you, why doesn't, I'm surprised like maybe Hollywood uh, or the Jack up there doesn't take in. It'd just be called the Jack. Or they're jacking off. Uh, with that, it's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to like. <laughs> uh, make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Loss of Down. And make sure to retweet us at down underscore loss there on Twitter. Shout out to our sponsors, tabbies.com, as well as Abby Turner Creative. We might be losing a couple of them after that joke I just made. But boys, <laughs> any parting words for the fans? A couple things real quick. One, I already mentioned at the top of the show. Keep your eye out next week. Our big mock draft show. It's going to be awesome. There will be a video out like for the full episode as well on top of our audio. So keep your eye open for that. May have two shows next week. We'll obviously have our Monday show and then the mock draft I mentioned. But I won't be there. I'll be at the draft as you guys at home know. If David and Steven have time, maybe they do a show. If not, we will see you the following Monday. My only thoughts for you, or question for you guys, because we didn't get it at the top of the show, can you give me your NBA championship? East-West, who who we got coming out? What do we have? Man, I I don't really know. I'm going to bet with my heart on this. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the Kings out of the West. I just love the Kings, the energy that they have. Demonis Bonus has won me some like money the this beam. past year. Like the beam. I like De'Aaron Fox. I just like the energy they have there. And the Cleveland legend, um... Is their coach Mike? Uh, I, why am I blanking on him right now? Mike Brown. Mike he's Brown. probably still getting paid by the Cavs from his first time before he was fired. Yeah, the second that the second tenure hasn't check hasn't kicked in yet. Uh, and on the East, give me um, I'll stick it with my love. Give me my uh, give my boy Jason uh, Jason Tatum in the Celtics. Those are the those are the, really the two guys and teams I bet on a lot. So I'll, let's keep it going because I like to continue to bet on you.
So then are you going to light the beam or are you going with Boston uh, to win it all? Boston. Oh, Boston. yeah, sorry. I'm going to go with the – we're going to go with the Celtics to win it on this one. All right, David, how about just you? Like Who's what your doing? championship? Jason Tatum's a stud. Watch out for Jalen Brown. Uh, tough scenes all around. Uh, honestly, I'm not super confident in the West. I think if, if I would go Milwaukee coming out of the East if Giannis didn't just get hurt. How bad is that? I haven't seen it. Is he going to be able to play? I don't think it's super bad, but I don't love okay. it. Yeah, you know, sure. It's, it's, I, I don't love it. It's like he is the team. Uh, and they have a great supporting cast, but he is the team. It would be like if LeBron got hurt early on, like I would start doubting whether the you know anyone could go far yeah. with those Cavs teams. But uh, I, you could tell the second he got off the court yesterday, the energy was so bad. Yeah, I, I, the they would have been my pick had I not seen him Ooh. get hurt. But I actually think I'd bet the Sixers right now out of the East, and I don't even like the Sixers. I think it's a bad bet to actually lay money down on. But I, for some reason, it just feels like their year in a year where we're not really sure who's going to come out of the East. They feel like they can. Joss Harris group stay well, hot. They, they feel like they can get lucky, come out. And then, honestly, I think they'd get blown out by whoever comes out of the West. But again, it just feels like this is a really good parody year for the NBA. And for that reason, I'd pick a good team like the Nuggets to come out of the West. Like, they've been great for the last couple of years. But they've always been overshadowed by like a super squad that just demolishes them. This is a year where there's not really some like super squad who I, I think is going to wipe the floor with them. So I'll take the good team play out of the West in the Nuggets. I know nothing about basketball, but I would want if I could will something to happen. How fun would it be for the Lakers to play the Cavs? With LeBron going back, I think that would be awesome, but it won't happen, of course. I that would be such an interesting dynamic for Cavs home games. It would be such an interesting dynamic. Like, yeah, or like is, is it like really the way it was LeBron. when he was with the yeah, Heat? Yeah, but you can't do that. Like it's a different. Nobody hates LeBron here anymore, unless you're a Jordan Homer who just would jerk him off right in your face. But I, I nobody hates LeBron. It'd be an interesting dynamic. I. Uh, I do think the Lakers are a sneaky team uh, to go a little bit further than everyone expects, but is AD okay? I I thought I heard that he was banged up too. I mean, as AD, always, it's all about my man Austin Reeves. Well, yeah, the best Lakers. It's all, of all about time. AR AR fifteen. Well, the the Lakers midseason trade that sent Russell Westbrook packing gave them a shitload of role players that actually make a difference, and that's who LeBron needs around him to make a tripped far into the playoffs but i think they're an interesting team to make it a little further than people expect i wouldn't bet on them getting to the finals no, they're one of i don't i just don't think they're fully there yet they're hot though they are i'd have to look at their their records but they have got to be one of the hottest teams in the league i think they started like two and ten and ended with like 42 and you know like a respectable number i think they ended up with like four or five games above 500 but they didn't have lebron and they just kept winning with their role players in ad then you just add lebron and these players, and LeBron's a type of player that isn't going to, once he comes back, everything's dead. He's like, shit, okay, let me keep facilitating here. So they're they're going to be fun. Also, LeBron LeBron James over-rebounds every single night, eight and a half. Dude averages like 11. Yeah, if you're going to sprinkle that, sprinkle the double-double. If Giannis Antetokounmpo is out, 
Put your life on Bobby Portis. Look at that pronunciation. I love it. Put your life on Bobby Portis. Points and rebounds over every single night. The dude is a stud. Six man, potentially the six man of the year, but he gets a ton of playing time once. I mean, hell, I think he had 20 minutes yesterday and put up like 17 and 8. My last thing, only thing I'll say is my NHL pick, the one that matters for me, going really chalky this year. Best regular season of all time team, Boston Bruins are going to beat Connor McDavid, the best hockey player on earth right now, and it's not close in the Edmonton Oilers. Book it. Wow. Okay. Anything else, guys? No, this is the first playoffs uh, in the NHL playoffs that they want Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin in there. So just wanted to kind of throw some salt in the At least Ovechkin's not in. It doesn't even really hurt because if the Penguins got in, they would have been mercy killed by the Boston Bruins. Like, we're talking, like, outscored 24-2 to in four games kind of bad. So happy it didn't happen. Fair enough. Well, let's go watch some playoff sports. Let's get a little gambling going here. Let's go, boys. <laughs>